You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Double tackle. Defensive end. If he's over, if he's back, he's drive down the first man to his inside. Pull back and get him. Take the first man outside the offense. No one shows. Go right by this and field this back. YN has the linebacker taken out, that's inside. The YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here, and a seal here, and try to run this play in the alley. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you want to email the show, you can send us a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. You can text us at 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside the great Paul Brettel. You guys know he does an awesome job writing at uh, Packers Wire and Dairyland Express. Paul, we got a herd in here, man. We we had something like 20 people waiting in, in, the, in the room for you to hop on, and I guarantee you, they're going to leave as soon as you get through spilling knowledge. But how are you doing, pal? Uh, I'm I'm excellent. As always, always appreciate the the kind words, even though overblown a little bit. But I appreciate it nonetheless. And hey, just happy we get to talk about a victory this week. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, I, I can't <laughs> wait to get into it. I definitely want to get your uh, your Rams recap because you know we know the Rams are beat up just like we are, right? Um, mm-hmm. but gosh, it's just such a different feel on Monday morning, man. And when you, yeah. when you wake up and you got that dub and you know, when you turn on good morning football, you ain't got to worry about any Packers slander, right? Yes. <laughs> so, always going to be a good day, but we've actually already got a, a super chat in here. And I wanted to ask you this question, if it's all right with you, Paul, we got a uh, Josh Martin with the super chat. Thank you so much, pal. He said for us to get into the playoffs, who do you think has to take the second half leap slash jump? Pick one from offense and defense, and he ain't going to let us cheat, Paul. He said, excluding love, because that's a gift. Yeah, right. He said, he says uh, Christian Watson and Devontae Wyatt. So uh, who do you think would need to take a, a second half of the season leap for the Packers to somehow, some way sneak into the playoffs? So I think Josh's answers are excellent. Like I was thinking through who, I'm a, who I was going to pick, and honestly, I think those might be the top two. So I'm going to steal one of them from you, Josh, the Christian Watson one. There you go. Um, and I can't remember if I've 
referenced it on here before, but the first half of this season to a degree mirrors a lot of what we saw last season. And in, in respect to last year's team, they couldn't push the ball downfield either. Uh, They didn't have the same speed that this year's team does, but you know, Watson was in and out with injuries. Dobbs was in and out with injuries. That's not a, you know, a job that you ask of often for a Lazard for a Randall Cobb. So like we've talked about, defenses don't respect it. They shrink the field, makes the run game harder. Short area throws more difficult, attacking the middle of the field more di- more difficult as well. But then all of a sudden, week 10, I'm sure we all remember Dallas Cowboys, Christian Watson, four receptions, 107 yards. That breakout stretch that he started to have began there. And defenses started to play this team differently. All of a sudden, they start easing back. More opportunities underneath for others. It's not just the big play, the chunk plays that Watson can generate for himself, but it's what he does for others within the offense and the opportunities that he creates for them. Again, over the middle, underneath, in the run game. And so this offense really, really needs that element. I don't think we're going to see true consistency from this unit in a passing game perspective until they can start to be a bit more efficient on those type of throws. And what we saw against the Rams was a good start in that regard. And we'll get to it here in a second in terms of the run game and how that all intertwined. But to me, having Watson, having that ability, because they do have speed, you know, Jaden Reed, sub four, four, the Packers clock, Matt, Luke Musgrave, sub four, six for a tight end. Like they have the speed, but there's no one from a skill position standpoint on this Packers roster who can do what Christian Watson does you know, when he's playing at that high level. So they absolutely need him to be that wide receiver one and have that big playability. Hopefully that that catch that he made at the end of the game against the Rams is a bit of a catalyst for him because yeah. he talked about leading up to that game that he said, I need to go out and be more aggressive. Like he's fully aware that yeah. that's something that he needs to work on. And it was great to see him, you know, when given an opportunity, able to execute it and come down with the ball. Um, and just a little... Side note here, he mentioned today that he just got the wind knocked out of him, so doesn't appear to be anything serious in that regard. So a positive, of course. But Christian Watson on the offensive side of the ball, I think Devontae Wyatt's a great choice on the defensive side. But just to not totally steal all of Josh's answers, I'm going to slide it over to one one player over to TJ Slayton. If TJ Slayton can continue to play at the just the consistency that he's had the last two, three games, if he can carry that into the second half of the season – this defensive front, and then the defense as a whole is going to be so much better off. I know the Rams and Vikings aren't juggernauts from you know a, a run game perspective, but the Packers' run defense over the last two games has held those teams to two point three yards per carry. You know, like we talk about when from the Packers on offense, when you can't get the run game going, you're putting predictable passing situations. Same thing for the opponent. And what's the strength of this Packers team? The pass rush. Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Lucas Van Esch. Uh, your your interior guys, like everyone except TJ Slayton. And of course, Kenny Clark can uh, be a very good run defender as well. But Jacoby Wood and Devontae Wyatt, Carl Brooks, like those are pass rushers. Those are get after the quarterback type of guys. That's what you have on your defensive front. So when you can put the offense in those second and long, third and long predictable situations, now the strength of your defense is able to actually play to its strength. I said earlier on in the year, you know, because Rashawn Gary's numbers He's just in his own stratosphere as far as his team goes. But everyone else, is from a pass rush standpoint, it's been a little inconsistent. And I definitely think that's a product of the run game. Like, if you're not stopping the run and the offense is in second and four, like, you can't be as aggressive. I asked Zach Tom about that on on Monday. 
you know, because they had the run game going on offense. What does that do for you as on the offensive line? You talked about wearing down the the pass rush, you know, as the course of the game goes on because you're doing the dictating in that regard. He also talked about they can't pin their ears back the same way. And I think the Packers were really feeling that effect of living in second, third, and shorts. It takes the bite away from that pass rush. So TJ, all that to say, TJ Slayton, if he can continue to play at that level, uh, make the impact that he has in the run game, there's just going to be a positive trickle-down effect to literally every other player, every other position on the defensive side of the ball because you're making the offense one-dimensional at that standpoint. Uh, I also talked to Isaiah McDuffie on Monday just to get kind of his thoughts on the game because post-game, you know, Matt LaFleur unprompted brought up Isaiah's name two different times because of his play against the Rams. And, you know, as I was trying to uh, heap a little bit of praise on him for his performance, he was very quick to deflect it and and talked about how he was given that opportunity because of the play up front, because of what TJ Slayton's doing, because they're occupying defenders, they're keeping the linebackers clean. Again, they're able to shoot those gaps, make those plays in the run game. Like I said, it's all intertwined. We know that it was a positive trickle-down effect that happens when you can stop the run. So to be different from Josh, I think Devontae Wyatt's a great one because run defense is absolutely somewhere where he has to improve. And if he could make a leap in that regard and join Slayton and join Clark, the Packers are going to be much better off. But I'll go with TJ Slayton and Christian Watson. Like TJ Slayton and Christian Watson. I'll tell you, TJ Slayton is one of those guys – I want to see him in the nickel too. Like I don't even want to hardly come off the field because he's so many uh, opponents try to run, you know, out of that 11 personnel. And I think sometimes that's how we do get gashed. But at the same time, I immediately step back, Paul, and I'm like, yeah, but if he goes down with an injury, who's, who's at nose tackle now in the, in the base, right? You could tell that's definitely coming into play there a little bit. Um, Good stuff there. Let's do this. Let's get your, uh, your Packers Rams recap, like we talked about here in the opening, man, it was a uh, it was fun to get back in the win column. You know, you win uh, whatever it was, what twenty to three, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a pretty healthy win, right? It's one thing if you come out of there beating the Rams by seven points, but when you when you come out and and you know, for lack of a better way of saying it, blow them out, you got to feel good coming out of this game. And I think we would all agree this was Jordan Love's coming out party, right? This was the best game of the season for Jordan. Um, so much fun to watch that game. But what was your recap, Paul? Because I'm fascinated. Sometimes I read your articles and I go, don't remember seeing that. Go back and watch the tape. There it is. But uh, how did you see the recap here? Yeah, so my instant takeaways I do right after the game, um, it was a mixture of, you know, positives, which there were, and also kind of what the heck are we still doing out there? And we're coming off a win. I don't mean to be that guy right now, but there were still a lot of mistakes. The penalties, uh, you know, drop pass by Malik Keith, just some – struggles and key situations for the offense, the two fumbles, like there's still definitely things that they have to overcome. And I thought Matt LaFleur summed it up well, like we made improvements, but we're nowhere near who we need to be or who we want to be at this point. And I thought that that was a perfect summation of what we saw. Now the positives, because there definitely are, it's amazing what can happen, my friends, when there's a run game to lean on. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing for this Packers offense. To me, that's where all of this started. Uh, they've lived in second and long, third and long situations this season, especially in that Minnesota Vikings game. But even picking up three, four yards of rush, you know, because that's what they did. They think they only had one rush over 10 10 or more yards. A.J. Dillon averaged 4.4 yards per carry. Aaron Jones, 3.7. Like, it's not like there were these chunk plays after chunk plays that they were leaning on, but it goes to show the offense to truly feel the ripple effects of what the run game can do for them. 
doesn't need to be these constant big plays. You just need positive plays. Sure. You need to put yourself in second and six where, again, defense has to play both the run and the pass. Jordan Love said after the game, when you got that run game going, opens up passing opportunities. Matt LaFleur said as a play caller, makes his job easier. He's able to uh, better keep the defense off balance. He's able to dive deeper into his playbook. He said after the Vikings game as well, because they can't get the run game going because they're living in second and 10 plus third and 10 plus that they haven't even they're like that Vikings game is a great example. They even fully get into their game plan, you know, at that point because of just all the early struggles and just living in those long down and distances. So that run game kept them ahead of the sticks, took the playmaking burden off of the passing game, which is an absolute must. Cause back to my original point, like the margin for error for this team, especially in the passing game is still really, really small. Like, Things need to go right in order for them to move the ball. They're three, or excuse me, they're four scoring drives, two touchdowns, two field goals. Uh, No penalties occurred on them. When they did have a penalty, they did not score in in that game. Like that is the type of margin of error we're talking about. They can't be in second and 15s. They can't be in third and 12s. It's it's pretty telling right now with this offense. Like, just watch how first down goes, and we'll kind of know what the rest of the drive is going to look like at this point. (laughs) And so, the run game let them get get keep ahead of the sticks, stay out of the predictable passing situations. And it's not a not a coincidence that Jordan Love put together his most efficient performance of the season. Also, credit to the offensive line and pass protection. PFF charted them as uh, Love only under pressure on seven of his thirty one dropbacks. Uh, that's a rate of about 22%, which if you're under 25%, you're doing really, really well. If you're under 30%, you got a solid offensive line just to provide some perspective for that. But over the previous four games, Love was under pressure combined around the 40% mark. So again, a noticeable difference. And we've talked about it on here before, just all the chaos that's been going on around him. You know, we, we saw who he can be as a quarterback, not that there aren't areas to improve upon. Absolutely. There are missed the deep throw, uh, missed some other reads as well, but we saw a quarterback who is much more decisive, uh, much better with his decision-making again, when he has a run game to lean on and some time in the pocket and per football, as we know, is in a perfect game. Conditions aren't always going to be ideal for him, but if you can give him at least the framework, of some time, some sort of run game to lean on. We've seen a quarterback that can find some success. And now the key for them is going to be trying to build upon that because that's just not something they've been able to do this season. But uh, to me, the run game was the absolute key. My, my, I do like the instant takeaways article. And then right after that, I do uh, an article to a specific theme about the game. And to me, that's kind of what the big theme is. And mine was all about the run game because I think that just set the table for – the, the entire day for the Packers offense. Definitely. And, you know, it's even, even though, like you said, you know, Aaron Jones only averaged whatever it was, 3.7 yards a carry, you you could just see the defense. You could feel his presence because you know he can hit that home run. And the mm-hmm. defense really has to pull up. And like you were saying, they can't, you know, they can't just sit back there and say, okay, we're going to protect against the deep ball or we're going to, you know, play seven and eight coverage. They've really got to get in there and hug the box. And, man, I'll tell you that Luke Musgrave touchdown, mm-hmm. it's uh, – Play of the year for me so far. I know it's early, but man, that was a blast to break down. I'm I'm writing down terminology I have never wrote down on Chalk Talk, sitting there going, my goodness, like this, what a play design, great execution, and the perfect name for the play too, Paul, Hollywood. It doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> that and describes it to a T. I, I was just going to say, uh, Jordan Love was asked about that in the locker room today. And for me, it just provided like uh, interesting perspective because that play was – 
I, I, Lafleur couldn't remember if it was Stenovich or John Dunn who brought it to him, and he said it's it's a play that's been around the league. It's not like the Packers just pulled this out of thin air. But in terms of a peek behind the curtain, in terms of the implementation of it, Jordan Love was asked like how much did they practice that play last week? He said they went through it full speed one time, and then maybe one other time in walkthrough, like just wow. to provide some perspective in terms of. Oh, here's a play. Let's throw it in the playbook. We're going to run through it once at full speed. Maybe we do it and walk through on Saturday. And then like, that's it. And then all of a sudden the, the situation's right for the floor to green light. It gives the play call. And then they go and execute it as well as they did. Like Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon selling those fakes, Luke Musgrave uh, staying in the block as long as he did. Like it, it was so well executed. And when he said that they only ran through it one time at full speed, this brand new playout, like I said, it was a peek behind the curtain where, at least for me anyways, I won't speak for anyone else, but you, I, I assume there was, you know, oh, we ran it each day maybe once or twice, you know, something like that because it is brand new, but just threw it in, did it once, maybe twice, and off they were. Yeah, no, there's a lot of moving parts. I'm with you. I'm, I'm following that same camp. I, I'm really surprised they only did it, only ran through it once or twice. Um, the way the guards pulled, it was just like, man, it, <laughs> there's a lot that, I mean, everyone has to play their role in that play perfectly. And even Musgrave kind of selling that seal before he leaked. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot. Of, I could talk about that all day. I absolutely <laughs> love it. Um, good stuff. Let's do this. Let's, uh, let's talk injuries real quick. You kind of alluded to one here, Paul. Um, and that was obviously Christian Watson. We got, a uh, got good news there, right? Um, this is a, a tweet from you earlier. Uh, today where you were talking about, you know, from LaFleur following Wednesday's practice, you know, who didn't participate, Jair Alexander, Quay Walker, Yash, John Runyon, limited participation, Kenny Clark, Rudy Ford, Elton Jenkins, Aaron Jones, uh, Christian Watson as a full participant. So you said just a second ago, Paul, that uh, that basically Christian Watson just got the wind knocked out of him. Right? I know there was rumors it was a back injury. There was rumors it was a neck injury. There was rumors he was in concussion protocol, which I guess was true, and he cleared those pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um just give us kind of an injury update. Give us some hope against the Steelers team this weekend. <laughs> yeah, so uh, right after the game, uh, Matt LaFleur's press conference said that Christian Watson uh, hadn't suffered a concussion, so they ruled that out pretty quickly. And then today at his locker, Watson said that he just had the wind knocked out of him. Uh, and you know, it was later in the game. They had uh, Obviously, they had to put him through the concussion protocol at that point, but the Packers had the game in hand. So I think all that played a factor in why we didn't see him back on the field. But obviously good to know, and I'm sure many of us out there have had the wind knocked out of us at, at some point and know that, what that feeling is like. Uh, but good news there, he was a full participant in practice. Jair Alexander, he was on the injury report with a shoulder injury, so different than the back. Uh, he did mention last week that the back is something that he's just going to have to manage, so that just might be kind of a a part of his 2023 season to a degree in terms of practice and um, just how they're taking care of that. I'm sure others out there I'm, I'm in that group who's, you know, been debilitated at times by a back and we know how those things can linger for us as well. So, uh, but he suffered a shoulder injury. Matt LaFleur said that uh, he was banged up were Matt LaFleur's words after Sunday's game. So did not practice. So we'll keep our eyes on that for the rest of the week. John Runyon jr. He left for that one, that one offensive series I'm guessing with the neck injury that he was on the injury report with. Um, and then Yash Nyman left with a back and then Quay still out with a groin. That groin injury popped up on Friday. Uh, Fleur said before Sunday's game that uh, Quay went into Friday, just wasn't feeling well. And that's what they had diagnosed him with and kept him out of practice for. So tough to know what his timeline is going to be. Great news, though. Kenny Clark was a limited participant. Matt Lafleur said after the game that the shoulder injury, they didn't view it as long term, but 
what does that mean? Does that mean it's not <laughs> not a month, not two weeks, but yeah. good to see him out there in a limited capacity. And Aaron Jones as well, uh, limited, but did not have the red jersey on. Uh, they're going to you know, talk to him, work with him throughout the week. But my take on it is that he is in good shape. I think that this is just kind of part of their workload you know, process that they're going through with him and probably what they're going to continue to do throughout the rest of the season. As we mentioned, Christian Watson was a full go and Rudy Ford back at practice after missing last Friday. And then, and then the game as well. Got it. This is a little off cuff and we're going to, well, actually it's not look at this. I should have just kept my mouth shut. I would have appeared professional. I was going to say, uh, ask you about the safety position. We're going to jump right into the Steelers game preview here. Mm-hmm. Um, it, let's say Rudy Ford is healthy. Um, it's probably going to be Rudy Ford and Jonathan Owens, right? Uh, you know, I was kind of hoping, like, I would really like to see Rudy Ford and Anthony Johnson Jr. And then, of course, have Jonathan Owens kind of play big nickel from time to time, whatever. Um, how do you see the start and safety position and then just roll it right into the Steelers game preview? Yeah, absolutely. I would like to see that as well. I don't think once Savage is back, like, I don't think Anthony Johnson is going to jump Rudy Ford by any means. I think right. potentially, you know, if they as they should, if they want to see more of them, like he showed, uh, had a good, good initial game out on the field. You know, we always go back to this as an evaluation year. Let's yep. take a look at what the seventh round rookie can do versus the veteran and Owens who is here on a one-year deal. Um, but what I think is going to happen is Owens, I think they're going to keep Owens ahead of them. It, I just get this, this feeling that they really like what Owens can provide. And he certainly, you know, has value. We saw him cause the fumble, uh, sound tackler that like coverage is, you know, his, his area where he has to improve upon. But I think what we'll see is what I think what we'll see moving forward is like you said, till uh, Savage comes back Ford and Owens, and then Anthony Johnson in dime. My hope is that even when Savage is back and it's Savage and Ford back there, as I'm guessing it's going to be, they keep Johnson in the dime to at least get him, you know, those six, seven, eight snaps a game. Cause I think that they're perfectly fine with this being more of a red shirt year for him. Uh, Cause he's not just making the jump to the NFL. This is only his second season playing safety. Uh, I wrote an article last Friday after, after talking with him in the locker room. And I asked him about that. I said, you know, outside of the jump from college to the NFL, you're only in year two at this position. Like how has that transition been more difficult? And he said that there's moments where uh, like stuff that his, his safety coach at Iowa state last year was telling him he's now just going like, Oh, that's what he meant. That's why I do this. You know what I mean? So he's still having those moments. So I think the Packers are okay. If this year looks a little bit more like a red shirt year, something that we've, that they've shown that they're absolutely comfortable doing um, Jonathan Ford last year, Rashid Walker, uh, Caleb Jones, they're still going through that with in his second year as an undrafted rookie. So I think that they tend to lean that way and they'd be okay with going that route. As far as the game in general, you know, this going to be a real, going to be a real test for this offense. Like I, for me, just to kind of, so we don't go in a million different tangents, I'm just going to boil it down to the offensive line play. Like this game will tell us if Sunday's performance against the Rams from the offensive lines perspective was an outlier or, sure. Are we are we actually trending in the right direction? Because there's TJ Watt, there's Alex Highsmith, Cam Hayward is back in the middle now. I think he returned last week or two weeks ago uh, for the Steelers. As a team, they have the sixth highest pressure rate in football. This is also a defense that has the third highest blitz rate as well. So not only do the tackles have to worry about Highsmith and Watt on the outside, the interior defenders are going to have to worry about some blitzes coming at them as well. Like that could be absolute 
pure chaos. And again, we've seen how quickly things break down for this offense when Jordan Love doesn't have time back there. So that's going to be the big thing for me. And just to kind of zoom out bigger picture, this game to me feels like a massive, massive swing game. And what I mean by that, and not in terms of are they going to make the playoffs or not, but like I could see a path where decisions about jobs are made (laughs) where decisions about jobs are made four or five weeks from now. Um, So if the Packers lose this game, let's say the next three games are uh, chargers, Detroit, Kansas city, they're, they're going to be the the underdog in all those games. And based on what we've seen up to this point, you know, we could, let's just say they lose. That's another four game losing streak. That's one win in eight games. Like at that point, you're three and nine. I'm not saying that at that when that time comes, if that were to happen, that oh Matt Lafleur's gone, Joe Barry's gone. Like I'm not saying that's going to happen. If you ask me right now, they're going to be here throughout the entire season. That's what my expectation is. But if you get to that point where you're one and eight in your last nine games, those conversations are on the table at least, at the very very least. Absolutely. But on the flip side, if you can steal that game in Pittsburgh, and I know it's only a game difference, three and nine versus four and eight. But one, maybe it's just me, but just the difference in saying those sounds way better. But if you look at the Packers' end-of-the-year schedule after they get through that Kansas City game, it's Giants, Bucks, Carolina, Minnesota, Chicago. Like, even if you win just two or three of those games, say you go two and three, say you go three and two, all of a sudden you're in the six to seven win range, and we go back to the start of the season, that's where a lot of people have this team. Yeah. So there's just to me, there's just a massive swing in three and nine. We've won one of our last eight games versus all right, we're four and eight. We got a favorable schedule to the end of the year. And I know those I'm parsing things because the difference between three and nine and four and eight is one game. I get that. But I just think how the previous, you know, losing streak went, it's it's just gonna have a massive impact on how things look moving forward, what your outlook is at that point. So I think this is a really big game in terms of where's this team going to end? Because if they can get the win, and even if they do lose the next three, like like I said, they could get to six, seven wins and at least be in the range of what people said. However, if they lose the next four, you're three and nine. You know who who knows at that point? Because obviously, there's the outside effect of things compounding on top of each other, things maybe spiraling when you're in another four game losing streak, only winning one game over the course of two plus months, like. I think this is a really, really important game in that regard. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. 
Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Yeah, all great points. And and you're, you're right. I, I totally see what you're saying, Paul, about it being a massive swing game. Um, You know, that's that six win mark is kind of like that's the floor for me, right? And what I mean by that is if you lose, you know, if you win less than six games, you know, if you come out with just five wins, like you said, four wins possibly, I think there's legit justification to make a change, you know. Um, at least the conversation should take place. I think if LaFleur gets this team to six wins, you kind of feel like, okay, let's see if they can grow on next year. It's just, man, it's a thin thread. It's such a thin mm-hmm. thread. And, and, of course, with Mark Murphy, uh, obviously, um, his time being up here in uh, – 2025s, a lot of people, and rightfully so, are saying, okay, I think they'll at least last to that point when new leadership takes over. Maybe they change. But uh, I'm just really rooting for Matt LaFleur. I hope it works mm-hmm. out. Um, like I like his passion. I like uh, I like his style and everything. It's just, man, it's a, it is a rough business, Paul. <laughs> no kidding. And one other point I want to add to all that, like beyond the wins and losses, it's also how this team looks too. Like if they take the Chargers, Lions, Chiefs down to the wire, you know, offense, you see some form of progression. Obviously those losses, even though they're losses, are a lot different than if it looks like what we saw the previous month. So I just wanted to make sure I added that caveat as well, because this season goes beyond the win-loss column. It's what kind of stats, what kind of progressions are we seeing from from this offense, specifically Jordan Love? Uh, yeah, definitely. Very well said. And uh, Omar sums it up for me in the chat here. He says, Belichick would have plenty of suitors, rest assured. And I say that, I, I put that quote up there, or that that post up there, uh, uh, Paul, because if Bill Belichick's on the hot seat, I think everybody's on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's just the way the business goes. But I'll tell you who isn't on the hot seat. It's you, Paul. We appreciate your time, buddy. Um, you got anything coming up? You want to give us a sneak peek? Any kind of any any articles about the drop? Or are you working on anything right now? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, one I know I'm going to be working on here tonight is uh, about Dontavian Wicks. Um, I asked Jordan Love today nice. about him. Just my my specific question to to Jordan was, you know, he's becoming a guy that you're finding pretty frequently. Like, what is it about, you know, his skill set from an execution standpoint that keeps putting him in those positions to make those plays for you? And what he said of, I think, is a lot of what we can see. He talked about his release at the line of scrimmage his ability to create separation and, and win routes. And then also just the precision at which he plays with. And really that's something that's, that's been lacking from this, this Packers receiver room as a whole. I'm not suggesting that he should start out snapping Dobbs and Watson, 
but I do think the discrepancy in terms of the variance between them, I, I think the gap should close a little bit because you're in a position where you're, you're trying to find something. You're trying to find something to hang your hat on, some go-to option. And I know he had the drop pass against the Vikings. There was the fumble trying to make the play against the Rams, but he's done a lot of good for this team. And we talk a lot about the the Packers receivers needing to make more contested catches and make those 50-50 balls. How about someone like Dontavian Wicks who just wins his route? And you have an easy completion to him. How about we get more of that too? So yeah. I, I, I hope to see some more opportunities building for him moving forward. Definitely. I broke down on Chalk Talk uh, where they ran a wolf concept on the outside, which is basically an out with a corner over top, and it was Wicks. And just that little extra inside move to create just enough separation, love through a great ball. You can see it, Paul. They're creating chemistry, man. I'm excited about mm-hmm. it. But it we was, think, Go ahead. I was just going to say the – I, I thought back to the preseason, you know, when you're up in the press box and you kind of have that all 22 view versus the on the field, like at training camp. And that was when I could, re- when you could really first see like his route running in action. Like he's not like a, like he really, really sets the receiver up, like to the point sometimes you're like, all right, when are you going to make the move? You know, as it's, as it's happening, but one stat or a couple of stats paired together that I think just sums up his ability to win I think his 40 time was like four, five, seven, like not blazing whatsoever, but his second 2021 season at Virginia, he was one of the top receivers in downfield receiving yards. Like that just tells you he has the ability to win and create separation, even though he doesn't have Christian Watts and Jaden Reed speed. And again, he's ride the hot hand. He's, he's getting open. He's building that rapport. Like you said, with Jordan love, let's give him more opportunities and, and see what they got. Absolutely. Good stuff as always, Paul. Can't thank you enough, man. Everybody be on the lookout for that article to drop. I know we got a lot of Wix fans in here, so I'm excited to read that one. Again, you can find him uh, on Twitter at Paul underscore Brettle, um, writes for Packers Wire and Dairyland Express. Paul, look forward to it every week, man. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Clayton. One of my favorite talks each week. Appreciate it. Awesome. Have a great night, buddy. And again, that was Paul Brettle. Now we're going to get the Stooges all together here. Look at this. You kidding me? What's going on, fellas? We bring in Emilio from Tennessee. We got Tim live in Green Bay. Tim, let me tell you something. This, this is Tim's flu game right here. This is Tim. You remember Jordan back in the day, right? He he. A lot of people said he was hungover. I don't know. But um, Tim's a little under the weather, and he's out here anyway, man, showing that dedication. How you doing, Tim? Hey, I'm all right, guys. I'm I'm here. I'm here. Let's do it. I'm ready. <laughs> no, ready to go, right? Man, you if you are. You can play, right, guys? <laughs> exactly. there's a difference between being hurt and being injured damn it let's go <laughs> if you're hurt you can't play no if you're hurt you can still play if you're injured you can't so right. Right. or are you hurt we need some program uh video drops is what we need if you guys in the chat have never seen the movie the program i don't know what you're doing with your life but emilio how you doing dude I'm good. I'm good. Sorry, Tim. We were at we were at 80 today. Uh, nice <laughs> breeze. Blowing leaves was a problem with the wind, but besides that, it was a good day. Good problem to have. It's a good reason to go. You know what? The wind's too gusty. Let's go home and have a daddy soda. Yeah. Yep. There it is. <laughs> That's the way it works. But uh, I want to get y'all's take on what Paul said. Did anything stick out to you? I'll start with you, Tim. Um, did anything pop to you there as far as uh, what Paul covered? Um, just speaking on uh, Tay Wicks was great. Um, I can't wait to see the article. Um. And uh, what he said is absolutely true. Now, I don't get the cool press box view from training camp like uh, like Paul and right. uh, Herman and, and those guys do. 
but I did get up to the crow's nest this year, which is as close as we can get um, as fans over there at Ray Nischke Field, where you can kind of get your own all 22 angle, um, kind of dead center on the top. And that was one of the things I noticed right away. I kept looking. I'm like, who's this 13? Man, this this guy's really running some routes. And it's like, <laughs> oh, he's a rookie. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> holy crap. So um, Paul had a great point there. You know, we talk about guys high pointing the ball, making contested catch, come back to the ball, bail out your quarterback. Well, great point by Paul Brettel. How about we just roast the defender and you're just so open that you make it easier on your quarterback? You know, because then then we'll really have some things to to discuss. If you got, you know, guys that are just beating their their coverage and we can't get the ball there, then then we've got big problems. So um, guys like Tay Wicks, man, and Dobbs, too. Romeo Dobbs runs wonderful, crisp, technical routes all the time. So, you know, it's refreshing to see this in, you know, rookies and second year guys. So uh, but, yeah, I thought that was a great point. Just uh, his comments on Tay Wicks. I, I noticed that myself, too, over the summer. And uh, we're seeing it now in the season. So yeah, You're starting to see it in the PFF grade rising, right? You've seen it on the tape when we did Chalk Talk. He started to pop. Um, but, yeah, I completely agree. What about you, Emilio? What, what stood out to you about Paul's conversation? Um, definitely the Tay Wicks. Uh, and then on top of that, the just just the team itself. I mean, if we go, like Paul said, if we drop this one, and it starts, you know, the ball rolling downhill. I don't want to see what's at the end of it, you know. Right. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, I, I love just having Paul on, on the show, man. He, like you say, man, he uh, he raises our intelligence level a little bit there and drops some knowledge on us. But it's a good time always. A little bit. Well, that's the understatement of the night right there. Speaking of that, we got another Paul in the chat. Said Paul Robertson said, what do you think Clayton's drinking in that big booty coffee mug? Listen, guys, I'll take there's no there's no alcohol in this. All right. This is just straight coffee. Actually, I've as I've gotten older, I like cream in the coffee. All right. Judge me if you want. OK, I don't drink it just straight black. But, man, I will make it as bold as possible, like espresso style. Then load the cream in there. If your stomach ain't hurting 10 minutes after you finish that cup, you did something wrong. That's the way I feel. So anyway, that's what's in it. Paul, stop trying to. Label me as a, a drunkard over here, okay? Um, Goose in the chat said that Watson catch was incredible. Watching it on the breakdown, he really went and got it. Let's hope Love throws him less hospital balls. I, I completely agree, Goose. When I was doing Chalk Talk, I didn't realize how good of a catch it was, and this happens every single week. You get to the tape and you go, golly. I mean, he was like – the way he contorted his body, he already left his feet, and in the air somehow – defies gravity changes <laughs> changes position in the air right without touching the ground or anything and just sacrificing his body completely and like paul said that was great news obviously no concussion no major injury just knocked the wind out of him that's what it looked like to me too like he almost landed on the ball so uh i agree though goose what a, what a heck of a catch that was man for sure um so you guys know here lately one of the hot button topics that we've been covering um was Josh Myers, right? And, you know, everybody's got an opinion on him. It's, uh, you know, it, it, I'm not here to say someone, any, anyone's right and we're wrong or, or you know, they're right, whatever. Um, what I thought we would do is, okay, as we kind of close this chapter of the hot button topic, let's do a poll, right, a poll question on Twitter. So what we did was uh, we actually did the poll and let me pull it up here. I know I've got it right somewhere. 
This is some great podcasting right here. Great, great podcast. Great podcast. Okay, here we go. There All it right. is. Fire the producer. <laughs> exactly. You can't. You can't fire me. Um, <laughs> Josh Myers poll question. I said, let's end the debate now. Some Packers fans are very high on Josh Myers, while others are very low. Knowing what you know now, what is the highest round you would draft Josh Myers now? In other words, what round talent have we gotten from him? I really wanted to corner those people that keep defending it. Like, okay, put your money where your mouth is. What kind of draft pick would you spend on Josh Myers for who he is today as a player? Uh, first round, second round, third round, or the final option was fourth round or later. Some people I said I went easy. I got plenty of comments where people were like, undrafted, right? Um, so first round, 1.5%. Second round, 11.5%. Third round, 43.2%. Fourth round or later, 43.8%. So I was really surprised at how many people said third round, but as I got to thinking about it, it kind of did click with me. Like, you know what? That does kind of make sense. He, he's He's been very durable, right? He's a good pass blocker. I, I think we all feel comfortable saying that. He's just booty cheeks at run blocking. So mm-hmm. with that being said, Tim, how would you have voted on this poll right here, man? What what would have, what would have been your pick here? Well, number one, I think it's cool that um, I see that at least Josh voted for himself there for the first round. <laughs> Is that what it was? No, I mean, I'm just, I'm just joking, but you know, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> um, but no, I was definitely, um, I was in the 43.2% camp. I was, uh, I voted third round uh, this morning when I voted. Um, and kind of like what you said, you know, there's, there's issues here, but um, there's other attributes that he brings to the table that, um, you know, you, you can't, let be overshadowed just by the other issues that he has you know durability is um a great point especially on a team like ours that is constantly battling injuries I mean what team in the NFL isn't so anytime you got a guy that can stay out there that's a that's a strong attribute to his game um yeah pass pro is is pretty good um but yeah we got to get this uh run blocking short up and uh you know it'd be nice to have a center that can help uh set some protections and not put it all on our on our QB one and our um, really our coordinators um, trying to, you know, like for lack of a better term, idiot proof, some of these, (laughs) these blocking assignments Um, you pointed to that um, the other day, you know, we simplified a little bit, no more, no more pulling guys around and expecting them to do things that are out of their wheelhouse. So yeah, I took, I took him for the third round, um, which I think is fair. Um, I'm not sure what your thoughts are on that, but uh, that's, that's kind of why I voted that way. Got you. Third round. All right. What about you, Emilio? Tim took it from me. Third round was my take too. Uh, honestly, we would. I feel like we would have flipped any of our thirds and been, hey, let's see what we could have gotten the second at that time. Um, but again, it's it's all, um, you know, we're all looking at it in the past at this point. You know, the, the dude's been on the field for us. He's played for us. He's played with Aaron Rodgers. I feel like he's had to learn something, you know, playing there with him. So, we should have something that we can grow on here. It's just not been hundred percent put together. Maybe he's never going to be able to run block and maybe we just always run a double with him or something like that. Maybe we just have to figure out how to work around him. If it's not going to be something that gets fixed, you know, right away sort of thing. Definitely. Uh, Jarrell Lee in the chat says late third. And then Drew comes in and says, I said the only acceptable answers are fourth or later or third round because they're useless to us, LOL. The people who thought undrafted oh, voted geez. third round. <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. Now it all makes sense. And Jake, Jake drops it on us. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's see what Jake Shavink, the uh, 
the authority in um, draft talk has to say about this. He says, I mean, he did go 62nd, just three picks from the third round. That's a very good point. That's a great we hear point. second round, you know, and we immediately mm-hmm. think that's, you know, I kind of look at the first three rounds as these are guys that, you know, like Goody really said, they should be in your top 50, right? Like if, if you've done the, if you've went the extra mile and you're truly not looking at other draft boards and you're simply going, okay, I'm that this board is going to be created strictly how I feel about the player. If you're able to land all first three of your picks, you know, first round, second round, third round, um, obviously if you just got one pick in each round and you get a top 50 prospect, man, that's, you're feeling good about that. Right. Um, it's just, to me, I think the biggest issue for me is it's such an important position. Once you realize what you have in Josh Myers, and listen, just just like we said about the Rasul Douglas trade, right? Carrington Valentine may come out and ball out, and if he does, it's going to be a good move by Goody. If they fall flat, then we're going to be able to sit here and say, all right, they 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 semi-tanked, right? They they made the team weaker and, and did it intentionally. But when you're talking about uh, playing a center who is grading out you know, not even starting caliber and run blocking, right? I mean, I think SIS had them at a blown block percentage somewhere in the 30s, right? 34, I think. The The worst problem, the worst thing, the worst aspect of missing on a draft pick is refusing to acknowledge that you missed on a draft pick. And missing doesn't mean, oh, you got to cut them off your roster. Missing simply means when you're talking about a position as important as center, if they're not – making your offensive line better, and in most cases making your offensive line worse, especially in the run-blocking game, I don't know, man. I have an issue with people not acknowledging that. People roasted Bill Belichick because he traded Jonu Smith, right? He spent a ton of money on Jonu Smith in free agency, got him in there, couldn't learn the offense, couldn't find a spot for him, he cut him. That's the only thing you can do, move on as quick as possible, right, rather than sit there and trying to make someone someone something that they might not be. But uh, love to have you in here, Jake. Appreciate you, buddy. Um, that's a good point. It's 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 been overlooked a lot too. I'm starting to get the feeling that Jake is uh, Jake's uh, kind of a Josh Myers fan. Maybe not a fan, but feels like uh, the uh, the criticism isn't as warranted. And I definitely respect his opinion. That's for sure. Uh, look at this. We got a new member of the PTA Posse, Brent X. Um, nice. Good stuff. Nice. Welcome to the Posse. We'll make sure you get on that uh, that wheel there um, during the post game show on Sunday for a chance to win that autographed. Um, uh, Dave Robinson jersey there from the Lombardi era. So uh, anyone who wants to get in on that, just make sure you make sure you're a YouTube member by midnight on Saturday. That'll get you in there. So that's awesome, good stuff there. Appreciate you supporting the stream for sure, man. Um, all right, up next, Emilio actually brought this to the table last second. Um, Tim, we got a video from Carrington Valentine in the locker room. Really, really good stuff here. Let's hear what he has to say, and I want to get your take on it for sure, Tim. Here we go. People talk about having a short memory, always having confidence. It seems like that confidence you have that you can perform. Uh, yeah, I feel like you know with the position we play, um, having that short memory uh, it really matters because you can't really dwell on what happened the play before, even if it was a good one. So you just have to go out there, play with that confidence, um, play with that swag, and um, just be a playmaker. You're still doing 1v1 reps in practice this week, just like you did last week. How much was that beneficial? It's very beneficial. Um, Just going out and compete, work on your technique, your craft every day. I mean, you just can't roll out of bed and do it. So, you know, you got to keep practicing. Just, I mean, practice is important. Were you doing 
1v1 and, and individual as well, or is it just team? Uh, going against we, your, your own receivers? Or? Yeah, we do a mix of both, so it depends on like what's going on, what's on the schedule. Is that similar to how, how you guys did at Kentucky? you have a lot of 1v1 in college? Um, kind of, a little bit. Towards the, this, As the season went on, it kind of weeded out, but yeah. Sorry if you've been asked this, but how do you feel about a guy like George? Um, you know, he's he's physical, a competitor. I'm a physical person. I'm a competitor, so um, I mean, I feel like it's going to be a show. Nick Harris, you're playing on the road. Playing on the road's been tough for you guys this season. How are you hoping to switch that around? I mean, just start fast, start physical, um, and you know, go out there and and compete. Honestly. Um, you know, just don't let the outside noise or anything get to us. You know, as long as we stay together as a team and everything, I feel like we'll be okay. And that sounds like a focused young man right dude, there. That I mean, guy yeah. is a rookie. That's yeah. what I was that saying. dude right there is a rookie. That was my point. Yep. Bro, CB2, extend them now. Forget it. I've seen enough. <laughs> get it over with. I've baby. seen enough. <laughs> I mean, how many boxes could he have checked there? Practice. You need practice to make something happen. You got to compete. I'm a baller. How about um, you got to have a short memory? Don't oh. dwell on the don't dwell on the previous play, even if it was a good one. Man, <laughs> how how often do you hear that from a a twenty two year old? Like, <laughs> in that two minute clip, he hit us with more good things that we wanted to hear than we've heard the past week in you know any kind of any kind of interview. So it, it gives I, us I'm some uh, light, right? I think yeah. we were starting to see why Goody might have been willing to part with with Rasul. That's right. what I'm saying, man. We may look up in three, four weeks and go, hey, great move, Goody. And yeah. we'll be the first to say it, right? Mm -hmm. You heard us. We're going, man, we're worried about the locker room. It's one of your best players, which that, that does crack me. I ain't going to BS anybody. It cracks me up that he was graded out as our second highest player, according to PFF. We trade him, and now there's people going, oh, he's actually horrible. Come on, guys. Like, <laughs> Do we have to do this every time? Every single time, but uh, yeah, he was uh, he was a stud on Sunday though, man. It was a lot of fun to watch him play. Um, Jake Shavink in the house says the same thing. Valentine was so good Sunday, man. Chalk talk, I'm telling you, that communication when to me it looked like they were in half quarter quarter. He looks back at Jonathan Owens and he's like, Hey, listen, bro, I got it deep. You be aggressive, bite underneath. Sure enough, they ran a dig, he's seen something there. He pointed at Dre. And I'm thinking what he's telling J.O. is, look, I've seen this on tape, is what he's saying. He does this to J.O., and he points at Dre. And I think what he's saying there is, okay, listen, Dre's got the flat for the back, right? We got help with Isaiah underneath with the tight end running the curl. You be aggressive on the dig. I've got him if he goes vert. And it's sure enough, man, the way the play unfolded, that slot adjustment, you see Rippin look right with the stripe of his helmet and went, crap, and immediately come back to the corner right into coverage where he got baited by Jair, tipped, AJJ with the pick. Beautiful play. That's a seventh-round rookie communicating mm -hmm. and making a play. And that was 100% team defense playing within the scheme, communicating pre-snap and getting the job done. And that's yeah. what we've been talking about forever, that, you know, these last couple of years we look in our secondary, man, and we see one, two guys communicating. You know, we watched this game on Sunday, man. Everybody on that defense was communicating with each other, uh, pre-snap, post-snap. You know, sometimes that's how it is, right? I mean, Emilio, you played. Sometimes the communication is you just see your guy miss mm -hmm. his assignment, and you just got to know where to be. 
And we're starting to see these guys develop this kind of sixth sense where they're 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 playing for each other and they're playing together. But you know, the big thing is is everyone seems to be on the same page as opposed yeah. to finger pointing and going, Hey, you were supposed to be here. What the hell happened? I, I feel like we didn't we didn't see a lot of that on Sunday. So I mean, obviously this week will be a a big test going on the road. Um, however, I mean, it's probably going to be a bigger test for our offense than it yeah. will be for our, for our defense. Um, you know, the more I look at this game coming up Sunday, man, this has another one of those 17, 14 kind of deals or something. This could be a defensive battle. That's I think funny we you might say that because that was my prediction, man. I was on a pod earlier. I got invited onto the, the Packer nation pod and, uh, they asked me, give me a prediction. I was like, man, I hate doing predictions, you know, <laughs> And I went, I'll give you one. I said, Packers over the Steelers, 17 to 14. So that's crazy that you just said that, Tim. That's, that's hey, great minds think alike. Yeah. Or Maybe it'll be on the, the leg of Anders Carlson at the end of the, uh, Ooh, the game. On that open riverside <laughs> the stadium, just, I mean, just hammering that thing into the wind. Emilio, when you got to play, when you got to kick into the wind like that, dude, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, you got that open into the stadium and that water's oh, rolling. Don't breathe. Oh, dude, coming Flying, off, flying. Literally rolling off the ridge, rolling, yep. hits the water, shoots right up in the stadium. There's only one way you got to kick that thing, bro. And I'll kick the bloody piss out of it. That right there, man. That's the only way you're going to get it through the only open. way. All right. Uh, Carly Ray says team captain right there, talking about Carrington Valentine. I'll tell you what, man. He's a rookie. Um, he's a Kentucky boy. I can't stop smiling. About this. <laughs> really awesome. Absolutely. But another awesome. one. Another one. Hey, maybe he'll be captain this Sunday. You never know. Right. Yeah. We could well, rotate, yeah. but I mean, I, I'm just excited that he has that much attitude, that much, you know, that knowledge, that that drive. He wants to get better every day. It's still the, you know, first year he's been there. You know, he's learning everything as it goes, but it's coming together. And if, like they always, they're always talking. I think Kenny said it. They got to do their 111, and if they can do that, that defense has a chance. You know, the offense could have a chance. But like Paul was saying, if we keep kicking ourselves in the, you know shooting ourselves in the foot with taking penalties, I, we could know in the, off the first down. If we take a five-yard penalty, we're probably not converting that one, you know, like Paul, Paul had it. So yeah. um, they just really got to step it up. Yeah, no doubt about it. Zane Strong in the chat said, I still would like to see Stokes, Alexander, and Valentine on the field together. That's where it gets crazy. It gets a little bit, like, convoluted. Who's going to play slide, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you got to have – I, I want to say you got to have, but Keyshawn Nixon played well too, right? If anything, it gives you it shows you got a little bit of depth once Stokes is healthy. If he returns to, you know, that rookie form where he came out and really surprised people, had a pretty solid rookie season, graded out somewhere in the mid 60s, which is a good rookie grade according to PFF, which is just absolutely insane to think that Carrington Valentine scored in the 80s this last game. And again, you see a PFF grade like that, and you go, okay, that's PFF, right? Then you go look at the tape, and he pops off the tape. You're like, man. That's, that's pretty cool. And what did we see? Because against Minnesota, I made the comments about like, man, Valentine's like a half a step or one step behind. You know, he's he's right there. He's not getting beat bad. Let's no. see if he makes makes the, the right step next week and gets closer. And then, boom, we get this Rams game. And this guy is like nearly perfect out there, which is phenomenal. And who flashed in preseason in training camp? Carrington, Carrington Valentine. Yeah. I immediately think too, like when I see that game Sunday, and I go, "Man, Carrington's playing really well." I immediately heard in my mind Michael Lombardi uh, as the season. I think we were in the last, we were in the bye week before the regular season started, right? And he said, "You got these people that say preseason doesn't matter." He said, 
you what I've noticed studying this game for you know multiple decades is more often more times than not the trends that you see occurring in the preseason with a team it may be specific players it might be certain tendencies certain mistakes most of the time they carry into the regular season he said if you hear someone saying the preseason doesn't matter stop listening to them they're casuals that's exactly what he said and immediately i i, I remembered him saying that as i'm watching carrington ball out like we've seen this in the preseason but preseason doesn't matter right preseason yep. doesn't matter. you know so, what's funny is all those those three you just mentioned um that last comment um wanting to see stokes uh jair and uh valentine all on the field at the same time and, and the question is well who plays the slot why is my gut reaction carrington valentine not in that, out of those three guys, right? Like yep. we know Jaws versatile. He could probably play there, but I don't think that's our best foot forward. And um, Stokes, yeah. I believe, is just straight boundary corner. Um, so Valentine looks like the guy that may be called upon to do that. In fact, if for some reason uh, Keyshawn's not on the field. So I just thought I'd add that. Uh, Valentine shows a lot of potential back there. I'm almost wondering if he can play free safety in a pinch too. No, there we go. Yeah, um, we're, we're just gonna sit and dine the whole time. <laughs> John and him and Valentine and Stokes and John out there. If you're gonna play that nickel, if you're gonna play that star position, you got to be able to tackle, right? Look at the tackle grade for Carrington Valentine. Seventy-five point one. Well, you saw it when he came up and filled off the edge, and all he all you needed to do was swat his cleat, and the guy's tripping. You know, he's unless you got unless we got the balance beam like Simone Biles and Zach Tom. There's no way that. You're, you know, you're not tripping him up if you punch a shoe there. Yeah, absolutely. And you look at all those tackle grades down the line, man, 75.1, for AJJ. But, of course, he was playing free safety. You know, that mindset's totally different when you're mm-hmm. in the center field. 74.2, They showed up ready to tackle. Uh, last Sunday, man. Let's let's hope they bring the same energy this week. Uh, Omar in the chat says, whole secondary was Jire, came to play. Owens and Johnson Jr. were awesome, not missing Savage for sure. Yeah, I, I kind of cringed a little bit when Paul talked about, you know, would he start over Savage? I'm going, oh, that's right. He's going to be healthy soon. I'm just being real. I would never say it to Paul, but I was sitting there going, oh, no. Uh, well, this is why we can't have nice things, Tim. Um but uh, Jake Shavink in the chat said, um, and that's a pretty good trio that they uh, that they went against that, and that's against yep. a pretty good trio in Cup, Nakua, and Atwell. Completely agree. Come yeah, on. did we did we even see Cooper Cup affect that game on Sunday? It was almost like he wasn't there. Yeah, had that one deep ball. That was it. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Thirty yards. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, let's do this uh, as we get ready to wrap up here. I was wanting to hit a quick little preview, but I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna let that ride. We're almost to the hour mark. What do y'all say we get done on time tonight, man? Y'all good with? Oh that? yeah, let me get this one in though, real quick. We yeah. are we're going to wear the fifties, uh, the throwbacks oh, this boy. weekend. Uh, look at Tim. Look at Tim. No, the all all green with the uh, the yellow lettering and the yellow helmet, but everything else is the uh, all green there. Tim, I wanted to hear your take on it. I was talking to Clayton earlier. What, You're what, a big uniform you? guy, Tim. Let's dude, hear it. Dude, so the only time the Packers were any ter- more terrible than they were in the 1980s was in the 1950s. It's true, man. And I believe that – first of all, I love them, 
like aesthetically they're fire <laughs> so all these people who love these uniforms like i got no beef with you they're phenomenal right. they look clean i love it they are but i feel like we kind of jinxed ourselves <laughs> you know and i know a lot of people didn't like you know the original 1919 throwbacks you know the old the old blue with, with the circle brown pants yeah. yeah um but you know to me that was a little more fitting because that brought us back to the the original you know packers and our mm -hmm. founding and those those early glory days so there was good good chi behind that but going to the 50s throwbacks and now we're stuck with them i believe for another two or three seasons <laughs> yeah um and yeah i was at the jets game last year and i'll just leave it at that when they wore those Tim, you were at the jets game last year i sure was on Dude, the 50-yard line row one yeah that was uh you had I was great telling Clayton. Didn't you have good seats too. Really good yeah, seats. Really good seats. I was, uh, yeah, fifty yard line, row one. Where behind the Packers? Behind the pa Packers. I was bench. like twenty. I was like twenty yard line, like row two. I bet nice. behind Packers. I can't believe it. That's wild. Yeah. Small world. Yep. But like they they wore they wore them them oh, yeah, we got throwbacks, it. and that was that was just ugh. We got no. smoked. We got smoked. Right. Yeah. The dude behind exactly. me was buying me was buying me booze because like he it was, he, knew it was, he knew it was my first game and he's like yeah man I feel bad that they're just playing this bad then Lazard scores the touchdown and we all jump but we were still getting stomped it wasn't a problem but my my highlight of yeah, that he not only rambled but he rumbled and stumbled <laughs> you had too many daddy sodas out there bro yeah <laughs> my wife and I were screaming at Ja on the sideline there was like three minutes left I think we were down pretty significantly. And we were like, come on, Josh, splash play, splash play. <laughs> and he was putting his helmet on to go on the field, and he kind of stopped and looked like, yeah. <laughs> and then he went on the field. But, um, no, that was um, – yeah, man, I love the 50s throwbacks, man. I really do. But they're, I, it's just something with the, the bad energy surrounding that era. <laughs> right. Um, but, hey, you know, we wouldn't have had the success we had after that if we didn't have the failures we had before. So mm -hmm. I'm all for it. Uh, I think this year we'll beat the Chargers uh, in the with those uh, throwbacks on, and it'll be uh, be a better experience than last year for sure. Yeah. Well, that's – and the last time we I, – when, when, I don't even remember the last time we won in Pittsburgh. It's been a long time since we won in that When's Pittsburgh the last time game. we played in Pittsburgh? Yeah, that's a great question. When was the last time we played in Pittsburgh? I'm going to see if they played in – if they actually have played in Pittsburgh, you know, however long ago. I'm going to see if I can find it on YouTube and uh, or wherever I can find it. And I might post it on the channel for everybody to watch. I will throw back, kind of like we did the Broncos game. So, nice. Um, Derek K. in the chat said, love the blue and tan. I'm Listen, I'm a sucker for those uh, – what were they, the 1921s? Everybody called them the pool ball jerseys. I love them. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love them. Where they had kind of the tan pants, right, the yep. blue jersey, the original uniforms. Everybody made fun of the little – you know, the number or whatever, right? That's how it was, though. And mm -hmm. what you got to understand is at that time, they were one of the only teams in the league that had something like that. The league was so poor back then. The yep. teams had no money that when they seen those uniforms, just that little circle on their chest with their number, people were like, dang, look out. They're, they're big time. Like, it was a different time, right? I love those jerseys. Absolutely love them. That's back I, in the early Lambeau days. I thought the yeah. best thing they did when they did – because you remember when Brett was still playing, <clears throat> they had those – they first introduced those throwbacks, and they looked atrocious because we had the yellow helmet with that with that uniform. It just didn't go right. And then I believe a couple years later, they finally brought in the the dark brown helmet to kind of you know simulate that to that fix. old leather that old leather helmet yeah. they used to wear and it to me it made that look complete 
He had the black shoes with the tan pants, blue mm-hmm. jersey, brown helmet. I mean, those guys yeah. looked like uh, they were yeah. gonna go rumble at Hagermeister Park again, you know. Well, so, and that's right over in your neck of the woods, ain't it? You know it. It's a classic. All right, so here we go, real quick. All right, so the last time, the most recent time we played it at Pittsburgh, it was 11 26 17 Packers, 28 Pittsburgh, 31. That was the loss. Okay, but the last time that we actually traveled to Pittsburgh and won was December 6th, 1970. Holy crap, 20 at Pittsburgh Steelers, 12. Wow. December 6, 1970. Let me see if I can find that tape. Let me do some digging. Let me do a little if – we, if we can pull some plays from that game. And that's what I meant to say. So this game is going to be a checkpoint for the team, right? So you get stuck on a level, you're playing a game, and if we win this next game, we go to the next level. If not, we are going to fall back to this game every single time, and it's going to be a checkpoint mentally for the, for the, for the players. Like Love's going to be able to go back, hey, remember that we did that one play – Remember that one route you ran, Dobbs, when you did the double move and then came out? Let's run that on this next drive. You know, we need 15, something like that. They're going to use that as a mental um, a mental bridge, a mental jump, and I'm, I'm excited for that, that they actually put in a little bit of that in the bank. Yeah, definitely. And those, those old throwbacks that I was talking about, I immediately think of the game. You remember when Driver broke like eight tackles on one play, mm-hmm. yeah. dude on his back? Oh, my God. God, it was a good old day. You Don't know what, me. man? I, I think I might have to take a little trip up to 1265 tomorrow and make Uh-oh. sure Ooh. make sure, make sure, sure I make my rounds and let every one of those players on that team know that we ain't beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh since 1970. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you guys weren't even alive. I wasn't alive. Like, it's been too long. Mm-hmm. You know, give them a little extra fuel, like, you know, because there are guys that, I mean, I'm wired that way. If I was on that team and someone's like, hey, you know, organization hasn't won in this building or in this city against this team. Yeah. In like 45 years, 50 years. <laughs> like, yeah, man. Even better, Tim, what you need to do is put on a black T-shirt, find a gold towel, and I want you to go over there and act like a Steelers fan. Be like, you garbage organization. Get them right. I'm going to piss them off, too. Yeah. Get them so fired up, dude. That's see, been in that terrible. That's towel. what you get on this program, man. We're trying to, <laughs> we're trying to do do things right around here. You know? Oh man, I don't want to get beat up, man. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> Tim won't be on the show tomorrow. Look what happened? It'll be on the local Green Bay News. <laughs> yeah, local, local man gets gets uh, hung hung up by his toenails. <laughs> Clark Hinkle Field. <laughs> what the heck? Unbelievable. All right, so uh, yeah, I agree. Thank you, Drew. Drew said Clayton is on to something. He's not talking about the marching powder either. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this thing up. We're over the hour mark. We got some good stuff. We're gonna hold over the plan, gang. The plan is to go live tomorrow morning with Good Morning Lambo. So we'll carry some of this uh, content over and right. do a morning show. Like I said, like I told the guys, they're welcome to join. Understand that they can't make it. I'm prepared to go solo. But they'll always have the invite. So if you guys find yourself waking up, grabbing a cup of coffee, and just want to talk a little ball, the plan is to go 30 to 45 minutes. But I'm sure we'll get on here and go late like we have tonight. But yeah, um, that's the way it, that's the way it rolls. So uh, let's see here. Omar in the chat says another great show, guys. The PTA Posse rock once again. Hey, you guys were on the thunder. Y'all were in the chat early tonight. Omar was in. Omar was in the chat five o'clock. Yeah. I mean, he was in here setting up. He was setting up a tent. He started getting the campfire going. Everybody joined in. It was a good time. Definitely. Definitely. Um, Derek K is asking what time. 
probably 8 Central, 9 Eastern, but don't hold me to that. I'll create a YouTube um, video link for you guys. So just uh, just keep your eyes to uh, the YouTube channel when you wake up tomorrow or whatever. Um, I'm hoping I can be live by 8 Central, 9 Eastern. That's, that's kind of the plan for tomorrow morning. So, yeah, with that being said... Carly Ray, she's getting out of here. She's got dishes to do is what she said earlier, man. I'm up here hiding from the wife, bro. Let me tell you guys something. I've been dragging out Christmas decorations all day long. And I love Christmas, man. I love I, I've I'm the guy, I can't stand the Hallmark channel, but if it's on in the background, I'm instantly in a better mood. You got a fire yeah. going, the Hallmark channel's playing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're just kind of candle, loving. you know, pine or something. Yeah. The second Mandy starts breaking out the decorations and got me, I hide, dude. I'm like the dogs when they get in trouble, dude. I'm hiding under the bed. Please don't do this to me. Tim Tim told on himself the other day, what'd you say to me offline, Tim? <laughs> oh, come on. You're going to make me do this again. <laughs> <laughs> so the other, the other day, Tim said, his wife asked him, hey, where's, go ahead, Tim, you tell it. <laughs> well, we were just talking, you know, we moved a few months back and uh, we were talking about you know, getting Christmas stuff out of storage. And I just kind of played like I didn't know where I I actually put it, even though I'm fully aware of where it is. Um, I got this rule, man. I, I we got to at least get close to uh, Thanksgiving. That's that's my deal. I'm not I'm not one of those. Oh, Halloween's you sure over. About that? <laughs> I'm not one of those Halloween's over. Let's put up. Let's put up old St. Nick just yet. But um, I am definitely the guy that always says it's cool to leave them, leave them on all the way up to New Year's for sure. So I'm not not one of those haters that says you got to take them down right away on on the 26th. But I'm with you, Clayton, man. They look pretty, but I don't like I don't like the manual labor involved. I'll pay somebody. I'll pay somebody. But Mandy, Mandy is I love doing this. This is so much fun. Two days in. Why aren't you helping me? I thought you loved it. <laughs> I don't ask you to help me do the podcast or watch a football game. Come on. Ah. So, all right, let's get out of here. Emilio, parting thought. Uh, I'm excited. Another week, another game. Tim, I meant to ask you, I was was that uh, thunderstorm wild this this uh, afternoon? I think they got kicked out of the off the practice field. They had to go inside. Yeah, it was a little rainy, so mm. the, the boys went inside today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Tim's so all rolling out, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, man, I, I'm just going to play it. Hey, hey, man, we're going on the road. We're going on the road to Pittsburgh. You know, like, I'd have mm-hmm. my guys out there. Don't right. get wet to hell with it. But yeah. I understand we got guys banged up, too, and you don't want some guy, you know, pulling a quad, slipping on, on the – on the grass outside unnecessarily. So I understand the decision to go inside, but you know, honestly where I was, it wasn't too bad. We just got a lot of rain. I didn't see mm. anything like super severe, but I guess there was like uh lightning strikes and a threat of some severe weather over there. So um yeah, they probably just moved them in precautionary, but no, I did all right. I got my leaves done yesterday. So nice. Now they're soaking wet. They can't blow anywhere. I'm happy. Yeah, I was going to say it's good timing. They're brutal when they're soaked, man. <laughs> Yeah, they came in there. PR department said, hey, listen, we got lightning strikes in the area. You probably need to go inside. This was Tim's response. I'm here to tell you right now, we don't care. <laughs> let me tell you. Right, let me tell you. <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> man. Always operating on Lombardi time. Oh, man. All right. Derek K. with the final uh, final request here on TRL. All right. He says, uh, just uh, real, keeps it real simple, says 65%. Baby. 65%. 65%. <laughs> that's what we- I feel like a lifetime ago, man. I know. It sure does. <laughs> 
All right, well, hold on. We got we got Drew here. Let's see what we got here. Drew says, "I just imagine Mandy being on a lawn chair with a beer, pointing to Clayton how to put the lights up." Man, that's true. That's some truth right there. Straight truth. But you know what, man? Yolo, right? Yolo. Right. You only live once, so you just gotta bite the bullet sometimes. And go put up the damn Christmas decorations. Mm-hmm. With that being said, we're out here. Really appreciate everybody hanging out. Appreciate you guys hopping on. Again, we'll, we we may title this Tim's Flu Game. We appreciate him toughing it out for sure. Emilio, thank you for uh, suggesting the Carrington Valentine video. That was really, really cool to see. Yeah, that was well, great. Definitely. And I uh, want to give a special shout-out to the Super Chat, Josh Martin. Thank you so much, buddy. Appreciate you supporting the stream. The chat was absolutely lit. Congratulations mm-hmm. to Brent X becoming a new member of the uh, YouTube group, the PTA Posse. And like I said, we will get you entered into that contest to win – autographed Dave Robinson jersey. So, again, thanks to everybody for making this an awesome show. Special shout-out to Paul Brettelman. He, he he gets better and better every time. Absolutely love his work. Go show him some love, guys. Follow him on Twitter at Paul underscore Brettel. Go, uh, go uh, throw some clicks in on the articles. Give him a read. This dude, he's straight to the point. Nothing's too wordy. Some people like to try to act, you know, say act smart. That would have been mean. They try to show how smart they are. Paul is just straight to the point football guy. Uh, just a, a rabid Packer fan as well. Absolutely love that dude. So uh, with that being said, for those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go Pack Go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Tell the tackle, the defensive end, if he's over, if he's back, you drive down the first man to his inside. Pull back and get him. Take the first man outside the offense. Exactly. No one shows. Go right by them and feel this side. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, we'll be trying to get a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley.